Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. Birdsong back with you on the radio. So happy to be here. As usual, I have my friend EJ with me. You want to use some of that pretty French you have to say hello to the folks? All right. She she loves that French, and so do I. It sounds so good. Well, we've got a good show for you today. we got the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news. We also have some dumb criminal law stories, three riddles for you. They're not hard riddles today. And we've got a Paul Harvey story for you and our thought for the week. Let's jump right into it. Boy, there has been a lot of news this week. We know that the midterm elections are coming up. In just, what, 10 or 11 days now, a lot of things have been happening. There's breaking news about the bad that really is good. We're taping today, and we found that throughout this week, you probably have all heard that bombs have been sent to a lot of prominent Democrats, the Obamas, the Clintons, Biden, who's the vice president and a former senator, Maxine Waters, who's a congressperson, um, Robert De Niro, the actor, Cory Booker, a senator, and and Mr. Soros, who is a multimillionaire who backs a lot of Democratic Party activity. Well, none of the bombs went off, but as of about 10 minutes ago, we learned that there was an arrest of a person of interest. He's in Florida. He's in the city or the town of Plantation, Florida. That's in Broward County, Florida. That's 10 miles from Fort Lauderdale. He had a van, a white van that had stickers on it depicting elephants, a seal of the United States, and a photograph or a picture of President Trump. Now, we don't know what all of this means. I've also heard that the person has been arrested and that the case will be tried in the Southern District of New York where bombs were sent to CNN. They are the uh, area, uh, the prosecution uh, people who have done lots of things with bombers and things like that, so that's probably why the case will be tried there. So that... And the elephants on his stickers mean represent the Republican Party. The GOP. Right. All right, okay, I'm glad you brought that to attention. Right, that's what the elephants mean. Right. So none of these bombs have gone off, thank heavens. And we don't know who's sending him, what his reasons are, but we now have someone in custody. And when we find more information, we will talk to you about it. However, my own opinion is, is that Mr. Trump, our president, has roused people so much that they're ready to commit violence. And that's a bad thing in our democracy. Well, he's riled them up to, to get them to take action. And, and the way he does it is uh, voting is not the kind of action that he's riling up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Bombing is not a way, I think, to enhance your agenda. Although Mr. Trump says it's not because of him, it's because of the mainstream media are always telling lies about him and, and, uh, Propagating false news. I don't believe it. Well, I, 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 I don't believe it either, but I think he's right. The media needs to stop talk, talking about Trump. 
In fact, they need to ignore him. Certainly stop showing those uh, portions of his tirades, I mean speeches, at his rallies. Because the more we show his him speaking at his rallies, the more we're sending out, you know, opportunities for people to hear him. <laughs> yes, well, you're right about that. You know that Fox News and some of the other newscasts have gone to a situation where they will not show the entire rally on television. They will show clips of it, and that's probably good. Wow. Uh, however, we still know that he uses heated language and comes out against his enemies. All the people who had bombs sent to them are enemies of Trump. That, least, he, is, yeah, that he has specifically indicated that are, are against him. Enemies, and he talks about them, whether he's in their state or not. That's exactly right. That those rallies. So the bombing or the bombs that have been sent have been really bad news shortly before the midterm elections. But the fact that someone has been arrested for this and they say they're going to try him in the Southern District of New York, which is good at doing these kinds of cases, we'll find out more. There are some other good, more lightweight than what we've been talking about. Here's a headline. Riri to NFL, take a hike. Rihanna turned down an invitation last week to perform at the 2019 Super Bowl in solidarity with protesting NFL players, according to reports. The NFL and CBS really wanted Rihanna to be the next year's performer, source told U.S. Weekly. She said she would not do it because of the kneeling controversy. She doesn't agree with the NFL's stance. Rihanna, who has an album and a tour in the works, declined on the principle, on principle despite the potential exposure that the uh, NFL Super Bowl would give her. Now, by the same token, Amy Schumer, a comedian, has come out and also agrees with Riri. She says that she will not do any commercials for the 2019 Super Bowl. As you might remember, last year, Amy Schumer did do some commercials. She was in some beer commercials. She says she won't do it again because she does not like the stance that the NFL has come up with with respect to kneeling. That is, athletes trying to come up with a silent protest, protest the uh, killing of unarmed African Americans. It has nothing to do with the American flag, they say. Well, that's great. I'm glad, glad to hear that. That's, that's something that, uh, that's called economic power. These women both make a lot of money. They could make more. And they're, they're saying that we have an ability to turn down Lucrative projects. All right. We've got some good from EJ. You want to tell listeners something that has been in the news for a while. We haven't been able to get to it, but why don't you talk about it now? The, the, what I want to talk about is is a good thing. Tens of thousands of defrauded students could have their loans canceled. Everybody's going to college, some kind of college or another, somebody who holds themselves out to be colleges. But too many people have been defrauded by schools that are for profit, which is not what your typical highly regarded colleges are. But a judge ruled last week that an Obama era set of consumer protections for these students will go into effect immediately. What should have gone into effect in July of 2017 was a regulation that would provide a clear process 
for defrauded students to have their federal student loans canceled. Then those students whose schools had closed while they were enrolled will also will be uh, uh, entitled to an automatic discharge. So anybody who's gone to school should should think about whether that's what happened to them. And then you can apply to Betsy DeVos, who is opposed to this regulation. But you go online and you can apply for it. I think that's great. One of the schools probably people be entitled to get their get, cancel their loans are is Trump University. And uh, you've got the many um, military veterans have been persuaded to go to these schools and they end up, you know, because they have that the GI Bill. Um, but they uh, resulted in money being spent um, at these schools and they don't provide them any job opportunities after they finish. So check it out. Tell your relatives. That's a good news. It's been a scam for many of these schools. There's still no good, more good news. We know that this fellow Jamal Khashoggi was killed in, in Istanbul, Turkey, and supposedly the Saudi hierarchy had it done. There have been great information about it. There have been stories that Mr. Khashoggi went into the council to get some kind of papers to marry a woman who is from Turkey. He never came out. However, there was a, a, a video of someone who had dressed in his clothes right after that and was shown in a video walking down the street. He had on a fake beard. He had on Khashoggi's clothes, but he tripped himself up because he did not wear Khashoggi's shoes. He was wearing sneakers with white bottoms, and Khashoggi had on regular Oxford shoes. So the Saudi government came up with this thing of saying that Mr. Khashoggi had started a fist fight in the consulate with intelligence officers from Saudi Arabia, and they accidentally killed him. But that has changed. EJ, you have some information about that? Oh, there's an update. And the update is that uh, Khashoggi's son, who has dual citizenship, United States and Saudi Arabia, has been allowed to leave the country of Saudi Arabia. You might have seen photographs of him shaking the prince's hand. Certainly the son looked kind of uncomfortable doing that, but they had kept him in the country and were restricting his uh, passport so that he couldn't leave. But he did leave with his family to come to the U.S. And at the same, on the same day, that's when the Saudis, uh, admitted that it was, um, that the murder was premeditated. That, that's exactly right. The story has been changing. And the good part of it is, is that President Trump said that the Saudis engaged not only in the killing, but the worst cover up ever. It was awful. The initial penalty to be meted out is that 18 of the 21 Saudi suspects under arrest are under arrest. And uh, Trump says he would leave it to Congress to determine how much punishment they should get. However, we already know that the United States is revoking visas for its agents implicated in the killing. You know, EJ, I had a time back when I was in the Foreign Service that I had to revoke some visas 
It's an interesting thing. Is that right? Yep, that's right. How does that process work? Well, what happened is this was back in the late 1980s. I was the uh, in charge of all immigrant and non-immigrant visas in the Bahamas. I worked in the embassy there. Ooh, and nice, nice assignment. It wasn't a bad assignment. However, they have a parliament there, and uh, the Bahamas is an archipelago of a number of islands, maybe 600 or so islands. A number of the members wow. of parliament were... There was evidence that they were trucking with drug dealers for them to land on these islands and distribute their drugs. The DEA would give us information about these members of parliament, and it was my job to call them up on the phone, tell them to come down to the consulate. When they came down to the consulate, I asked them to have their passport, and they would give it to me, and I'd open it to the page with their non-immigrant visa to travel to the United States, and I have a big old stamp which said, revoked. Denied. Or canceled. <laughs> and they could not get another visa. Did they know that that was what was going to happen before they got there? Well, I'm not sure that they knew, but I did have to tell them that they should bring their passport with their American visa mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. So I've done my share of revoking visas. Now, really, I don't think that would really help these uh, people in Saudi Arabia. They have a lot of money. And I hope that our Congress will come up with some other penalties. As a matter of fact, there's a good news on that. Earlier in this week, Sunday and Monday, Congress people from both the Democrats and the Republicans talked about coming together with sanctions for what had been happening in this Khashoggi episode during an appearance on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday. Dick Durbin, who's a senator from Illinois, said the Saudi ambassador should be formally expelled from the United States. I certainly agree with that, but know that we have nothing on that yet. Well, he's, I think he's uh, the prince's brother. Yeah, maybe. The ambassador to the U.S. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right, so we've, there's lots of good news, uh, some of it breaking news. But there's now some bad news. I don't know if you've heard that the $69 million woman has been booted off today. And I'm talking about Megan Kelly. There's an article that indicates that the Today Show host, Megan Kelly, had it all. A primetime slot on NBC's flagship morning show and a deal that was paying her $69 million over three years. Now, despite halfway through the contract, And despite up and down ratings, she told the world what she really thinks live on the air. Back when I was a kid, that was okay. She griped on Megyn Kelly's today that uh, back in her day, it was okay for white kids to use blackface on Halloween. There was an immediate backlash about this, and it was online and even among her colleagues, notably today's... uh, Mainstay Al Roker was immediate. Despite her private and public apologies, it took just 48 hours for NBC to kick Kelly to the curb at 30 Rock. She no longer has her show. She said a number of the years, a number of things having to do with race. She once said that um, she uh, referred to a news caption by someone that said, Michelle Obama was Obama's baby mama. And she said, oh, that's just a stupid joke. I don't think it's more of a joke. That's really bad. She's done other things. She said, 
in 2013, she said that Santa Claus was a white man and wanted to tell all children Santa Claus is a white man and will always be. I, I heard that. And I also heard she said in the same sentence that Jesus Christ was a white man. We have to accept that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, she's out. What's happening now is that they will not let her back into 30 Rock, where the uh, program is broadcast from. She will be negotiating with the network, as I understand it, somewhere outside of the building. But she's not going to come back. And what's at issue is how much of her $69 million will she still get? She has proven herself to be sort of tone deaf when it comes to matters of race. Oh, my. Maybe that's why she made it to Fox so easily. <laughs> well, maybe she should have never left Fox. Well, no. That, then there was the issue of uh, the Me Too movement, how she, she was being treated sexually. Right. Sexual harassment. All right. Now, the... But just because you're subjected to sexual harassment doesn't mean you can't be a racist. You're absolutely <laughs> or right. Or be tone deaf. Yeah, well, she's tone deaf. Now... The Middies. And I'm sorry, a lot of people are like that. The other bad news is that Trump is playing on the fact that we have a number of migrants coming from Central America. It's called the Mideast Caravan in some papers because President Trump is saying that the supposed 7,000 people who have left their Central American countries of Honduras Guatemala and El Salvador are coming to the United States, and in that group there are MS-13 members as well as Middle Easterners who want to come to terrorize the United States. When asked for proof of that, President said, we don't have any proof. Where do you ever have proof? But he knows in his heart that there are terrorists among them. Well, I don't think there are. That's pretty stupid. That is stupid for a president to say that. And what we also know in the last few days, a number of people, about 1,700 of them, have dropped out and decided to go home because they know that probably won't get asylum. These people are seeking asylum, and they're hoping for a better life. Okay, so that's the good and some of the bad. The ugly, well, there's always ugly. The ugliest thing that happened last week was a school shooting, not in the United States. It was in Crimea. Oh. While Crimean authorities search for clues that might help explain why a teenager gunned down 20 people at his vocational school before killing himself, the stunned city of Kerch prepared to say farewell to the victims. Thousands of residents were expected to attend the funerals of most of the victims. The, variant, the burials are taking place in mainland Russia, which annexed Crimea from Ukraine in 2014. Oh, yeah. Little information has emerged about the gunman. His name is Vladislav Roslyakov. God bless you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Teachers and classmates have described him. He was 18 as a shy person with few friends. Um, the Kirch attack was the deadliest carried out by a student in Russia, raising, raising questions about school security. We don't know why he did it. Mr. Putin said teenagers are getting guns and going on shooting rampages and means that adults have failed to offer alternatives to violence. Thank you, Mr. Putin. Now, Russia has a fairly strict gun legislation. Civilians can only 
by hunting rifles and uh, small, what's called smoothbore shotguns, and they must undergo background checks. The shooter here had only recently received a permit to own a shotgun, and he bought 150 cartridges a few days before the shooting. How ugly. This is Birdsong and EJ. We're here talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news with you. There's more to come. Stick with us. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong back with you. We've talked to you today so far about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news. The best news, the goodest news, if I can use that word, is that someone has been arrested for making bombs and sending them to Democrats. I've just learned his name. It's Cesar Sayoc. He lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. There will be more information. I don't have anything more than that, but we now know his name. He is a 56-year-old man, Cesar Sayoc. He lives in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is in Broward County in Florida. That's 10 miles from Fort Lauderdale. When we have more information, we'll tell you about it. Now, I want to tell you some dumb criminal law stories that I've been collecting. You know, I collect these stories. I started doing that when I was a law professor. I did it for my law students. They love these crazy stories. Let's start with Louisiana. The headline. Now he is in the can. Read the headline. A man got so angry at his neighbor for trying to eat one of his canned Vienna sausages that he sliced her face with a knife. Oh, gosh. That's according to police. The problem began when the woman asked Donald Trailer, 58 of Union Parish, Louisiana, to share part of his canned meal, and he turned her down. During the scuffle, he cut her on the right side of her nose and was arrested. Oh, my goodness. Now he is in the can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second story comes from Maryland. Weird death by digging. A man died digging a series of tunnels for another man's nuclear bunker. Daniel Beckwith, 27, had hired Askia Kafra, 21, to dig more than 200 feet of tunnels under his suburban Bethesda home to be used in case of disaster. But Kafra, who was blindfolded before being led into the warren to dig, died when a fire broke out in Beckwith's basement, and he couldn't find his way out. Oh, wow. Weird, weird death by digging. My, my, my. A story from Massachusetts. Headline. A short one. So obvious. Yasu Flores Ochoa, 27, was in charge, or has been charged, with being the hit-and-run driver who struck a cyclist in the town of Revere, Massachusetts, when they noticed an entire bike stuck in the grill of his car, Uh. say police. Mr. Flores Ochoa was charged with drunken driving and other offenses. Thank heavens, the cyclist, 56, suffered non-life-threatening injuries. That's good to know. Here's a story from New York. Fake kidnap ring busted. That's the headline. It's been reported that authorities have charged three men with extorting money from dozens of people from across New York State by falsely claiming to have kidnapped their relatives and threatening to harm them unless a ransom was paid. 
In late May of this year, the state attorney general announced that a 27-year-old man from Puerto Rico and two Syracuse men, ages 26 and 40, have been charged with multiple counts with multiple counts of grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, coercion, and conspiracy. More than 55 people were victimized, and no one was actually kidnapped, according to authorities. Our next story is from New Zealand. Headline. He was in a real toe jam, read the headline. The unidentified 28-year-old was charged in late June of this year with stealing two human toes from an exhibit of preserved bodies in Auckland, New Zealand. He faces up to seven years in prison. The toes, estimated to be worth $3,815, were returned to the Body Works vital display. Mm-mm-mm. He is in one He was in a real toe jam. <laughs> How about this story from Ohio? There's only one word headline. Oink. Police in Ridgeville, Ohio, received a report of a pig following a man home from a train station. A police car was dispatched and picked up the pig. Local police wrote on Facebook that anyone who jokes about a pig in a police car and thinks they're funny is actually unoriginal and trying much, much too hard. Oink. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That pig probably meets its owner at the train station. Right. Coming home from work. Here's another story from Ohio. These are all true, folks. These are true stories. (laughs) The oven was a hot shot, says the headline. It's been reported that Robin Garlic, 44, received wounds to both shoulders while trying to retrieve a handgun he had hidden inside the broiler unit of his oven. Police police in the town of Warren, Ohio, report that Garlic put the gun in the oven because children were coming over to visit. His girlfriend, unaware of the gun's presence, turned on the oven to bake on a Sunday in June of this year. Garlic was struck by bullets or bullet fragments when they exploded inside the gun, police say. How stupid can you get putting a gun in an oven? (laughs) All right, Oregon. Video game idiot. A man on LSD was so high, he thought he was in the video game Grand Theft Auto. He stole a car and led police on a 40-mile chase. His name, Anthony Clark, 23 years old. He swerved on and off a highway, crashed through gates, and drove the wrong way and drove over spike stick, uh, stru- and drove over spike strips before he was stopped. He told officers who arrested him he thought he was in a video game and police were, quote, trying to catch him. Well, they did, in fact, catch him, but he wasn't in a video game, and he's going to a real prison. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I hate to use these slangs or these languages, but this Pennsylvania story says, the headline says, oh, crap. It's been reported that Rashim Drummond, 34, of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, is about to be tried for robbery and pistol whipping. He allegedly sent prosecutors what they thought was a pretrial letter. However, when they opened the envelope, they found only fecal matter, according to court records. 
Drummond was then slapped with an additional charge of, aggra- of aggravated, aggravated harassment. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, All right, our last dumb criminal law story of the day comes from Portugal. Headline, a, stink- a stinking flight, maybe? A stinking flight, maybe? A jet en route to Gran Canaria, Spain, made an emergency landing in Portugal because one passenger's body odor was terrible. The Transavia Airlines flight from Amsterdam diverted when other passengers began vomiting. The crew, the crew rather, the crew tried quarantining the smelly fellow in a restroom, but pirate. The crew tried quarantining the smelly fellow in a restroom, but pilots soon had to land. A stinking flight, maybe. Oh, boy. (laughs) Those are your dumb criminal law stories for the day, folks. They're all true. These stories never stop. You can find some of them on my blog, birdsongslaw.com, or you can go to uh, amazon.com and buy some of my books. Just Type in Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminals. Now, I have a few riddles here, and they're fairly fairly easy. EJ? Yeah? What's the best way to stop a jar? What's the best way to stop a charging bull? Don't tell me now, but think about it. That's our first riddle. What is the best way to stop a charging bull? Second, what has four legs but can't walk? Third, what do you call an owl that does magic tricks? Those are our those are our riddles for this week. We'll come back at the end of the show and tell you the answer. Maybe you will have figured them out. I know EJ can figure out at least one. Stick with us. This is Birdsong. Birdsong back with you. So glad to be here. EJ's here, too. We've been uh, bringing you some information and news of the week, the good, bad, and the ugly. We had some dumb criminal law stories and some riddles. Now it's time for a Paul Harvey story. As you know, I like Paul Harvey. He was a great broadcaster. His son, Paul Arant, has written stories for him that he used to deliver on the air. In honor of Paul Harvey, I read some of these stories. Today's story is one for opera lovers. But anyone would probably like this story. The name of it, Knowing by Heart. The evening of June 25th, 1886 in Rio de Janeiro, the Brazilians versus the Italians, and the Italians were losing. Not a war with guns, not a sporting event, an opera. The brawl had begun in the hall even before the curtain had risen, and on both sides of the curtain, total confusion. Shrieking, stamping, whistling, jeering. Just what pushed these ordinary, sensible artists and opera-goers to the brink of physical violence is the rest of the story. First, the performers. A touring Italian opera company organized by impresario Carlo Rossi. Since this was a tour of Brazil, Signor Rossi, minding his diplomacy, 
was careful to choose a Brazilian as chief conductor. Leopoldo Maguez was his name. Naturally, most of the opera singers, as well as the first chair orchestra member and chorus master, and the assistant conductor were Italian, an Italian opera company. So they were in Brazil, mostly Italian performers with a Brazilian star conductor. The first performance in Rio was the opera Faust. The next day's newspaper review was scathing. No one in the touring company was happy. The Italian performers blamed their Brazilian conductor, calling him personally overbearing and musically incompetent. At the same time, the Brazilian conductor sent an open letter to the newspapers. The performance had been sabotaged by the foreigners in the company, it said. The foreigners, meaning the Italians. The conductor's letter further stated he was withdrawing from the company. That brings us now to June 25th. The scheduled opera for this date was Aida. Everyone in the audience has read the published complaint of their hometown conductor. Not only had the Italians insulted him, they reasoned, but in doing so, they had offended all of Brazil. The opera goers, the culture crowd, ordinarily polite and sedate, had blood in their eyes. The assistant conductor, whose job it is to carry on, steps up to the podium in the orchestra pit. There is a rustling of programs as the audience searches for his name in print, assistant conductor. Superti is his name, an Italian. Before Superti can raise his baton, a wave of jeers and whistles washes over him. Now it's impresario Rossi's turn. Planning to smooth the ruffled feathers with kind of word, with kind words or two, he strides before the lowered curtain. Rossi is another Italian, and he too is drowned out and chased away. Backstage is humming and not musically. Who's left to take over? Moments later, the chorus master edges his way toward the podium. The whispered words travel like wildfire through the audience. Chorus master, chorus master. Another rustling of programs. Chorus master Venturi. Yes, another Italian. An explosion of stomping and hooting. Goodbye, Venturi. Backstage, once more, singers are weeping. Impresario Rossi is pacing. If the concert is canceled, the entire tour may be also. They would have a lot of folks with no money and on the wrong side of the Atlantic to suit them. Meanwhile, back in the pit on the musician stands, uh, someone yells out, What about him? Let him try. He knows the opera by heart. The object of this sudden outburst is a 19-year-old cellist buried back in the section, a nobody. That he had at the outset of the tour, rather casually designated assistant chorus master is hardly a recommendation in and of itself. But this is no time for credentials. In seconds, he is being sworn by the desperate opera cast. If not he, then who will bail them out? Elbowing his way through the confusion, impresario Rossi approaches the bewildered young man. Even at a distance, the message is clear. Get out on that podium and do something, anything. The back row cellist obeys. As he rises before the conductor's desk, the audience is distracted from its turbulence. Who's this now? 
A cello player, someone says. An Italian, who knows? He's not listed in the program. He might even be a Brazilian. The musician who had singled him out was right about one thing. He, the young man, does know the opera by heart. So much the better. With a flourish, the slender, dark-eyed youth closes the score in front of him. What? By memory? And as the strings begin opening the opening bars of Aida, Biamissimo, a real-life legend is born. The young man, the obscure cellist who rose to the occasion, making it and himself a success, was almost not there that night. He had planned to play hooky from the uh, particular performance, because buried in the cellos, he would not have been missed. Instead, he was besieged by his conscience, his musical, his musician sense of duty, and because he was, because he showed up for the performance that evening, he awakened the next morning to critical acclaim and to his new post as chief conductor for the remainder of the tour. It was only after the opera had finished that the audience learned he, too, was Italian. But then, or but by then, in the wake of a splendid performance, it made little difference. Time alone would tell that the slender 19-year-old with the deep, dark, penetrating eyes, the obscure cellist who almost missed the opportunity of a lifetime, was destined to be bailed, or hailed rather, the greatest conductor who ever lived, Arturo Toscanini. Whoa. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's a true story, too. Isn't that something? That's exactly right. He rose to the occasion. Opportunity knocked and he rose to the occasion. All right. So you've heard the rest of the story. We'll be back with you in a moment. Hey folks, this is Birdsong back with you. I hope you like the show so far. We're coming to the end. I'm here with EJ. We've been talking about the news of the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good news is that a person has been arrested. His name is Cesar Sayoc of Fort Lauderdale. He's the one supposedly involved with sending bombs to prominent Democrats around the country over the last week, this past week. Now I want to tell you the answers to the riddles. They're really pretty easy this week. EJ, can you figure out the first one? What's the best way to stop a charging bull? Think hard. Take down the red, <laughs> that red cloth. Don't. It's called a cape. Cape. Right. Put up a black one. <laughs> well, that may be one way, but the best way to stop a charging bull is to take away his credit card. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Here's the second rot riddle for this week. What has four legs but can't walk? What has four legs but can't walk? A chair. Close. The real answer is a table. Oh. <laughs> a table has four legs but can't walk. Maybe a chair does, too, but they don't walk. All right, the last one for today. What do you call an owl 
that does magic tricks. What do you call an owl that does magic tricks? I have no clue. Houdini. That is pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty cute. I don't know. Maybe our listeners out there figured some of those out. They're not the hardest riddles I've come up with, but they never end. We'll have more for you next week. Now I want to tell you my thought for today. And uh, I want you to think about these things during the week. Here's today's. Resolve says, I will. The man says, I will climb this mountain. They told me it is too high, too far, too steep, too rocky, and too difficult. But it's my mountain. I will climb it. You will soon see me waving from the top or dead on the side from trying. Resolve to do it. Just do it. That's our thought for the day. We love being here with you. If you ever want to get in touch, you can email email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer your inquiries or questions. I'm going to be here with EJ for the future. She does a good job with us. I'm so happy I can be on the radio, and I think and I hope you like the program. Why don't we say goodbye to the audience? How do you want to start it? Au revoir, mes amis. Okay, that's good French. A bientôt. I'll be the same. <laughs> Tchuss. Adios. Vaya con Dios and goodbye. Yes, those are all good ways of saying goodbye. <laughs> we got it in a little Spanish, English, French, and German. This is Birdsong. We'll be back with you next week. Stick with us.